Good morning, everyone. We've still got a few walking in the back door. We hope everybody's ready to get this service started this morning. If you guys would like to rise and sing with us, we're going to sing I Stand Amazed in the Presence to open our service this morning. Rise and sing with us. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene And I wonder how he could love me A sinner condemned unclean And oh how marvelous, oh how wonderful And my song shall ever be Oh how marvelous Oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. For me it was in the garden, He prayed not my will but thine. He had no tears for his sorrows, with sweat drops of blood for mine. And oh, how marvelous, oh, how and my song shall ever be Oh, how marvelous Oh, how wonderful Is my Savior's love for me Cause He took my sins and my sorrows He made them His very own He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. And oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. Oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And when with the ransom in glory, his face I at last shall see It will be my joy through the ages To sing of His love for me And oh, how marvelous Oh, how wonderful in my song shall ever be Oh, how marvelous Oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And how marvelous, how wonderful in my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. As you can see on the board, the numbers were low last week. I was wondering what was happening. But it's good to see you back. And, and we do have some traveling uh, this weekend as well. I know the Smiths aren't going to be here. She, Miss Smith, Lisa, is also going to be making chicken and dressing for Thursday night dinner. Uh, if you want to come for dinner in the prayer meeting Thursday night. But let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning and, and, and just thank Him that we still live in a country where we can come and freely proclaim His name in song and in word. Amen. Father God, I do come before you today, and I thank you for all those that are here in attendance today, and I thank you that no matter where they are gathered in this world, no matter where they may be, if they are gathered in your name, you are there amongst them as well. Father, you are a God that cannot, that, that's not 
You can't just be in one place. You can be at all places at one time, Father. And I praise you that you're here in this church body with us today, and you're in a foxhole somewhere in Afghanistan as well. Father, you can be everywhere that your people call your name, and we praise you for that. And we ask your anointing to just fall down upon this service today. May every individual that's here walk away from this church today, not saying that they came into your building, but that they stood in the presence of their Lord and their Savior. So, God, if there's someone here today that does not know you, may that change. May you make yourself so overwhelmingly known to them that they will make that decision and that choice to accept you before it's too late. And, Father, may you speak to the hearts of each one of us today, and may we truly be able to just fall back into your arms and know that you care, that you love us, and that our hope is in you. Father, bless this service we ask. In the sweet, precious, holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's good seeing everybody this morning. As I said, walk around for a second. Shake somebody's hand. Just tell them it's good to see them in God's house. Hello, Corey. Good to see you in God's house this morning. This wind is being weird today. There are some people. Wow. I've been here 14 years and I've never seen that happen. Whether we are saved whether all is well they say we can only hope and trust it so but i was there when it happened and i guess i ought to know yeah i know when jesus saved me saved my soul the very moment he forgave me made me whole he took away my heavy burden and he gave me peace with it. Satan can't make me doubt it. Can't make me doubt it. Really, I'm gonna shout it. I'm gonna shout it. I was there when it happened, and oh, I guess Lord, I ought to know. know. I ought to know. I don't care who tells me. Don't care who tells Salvation me. is now real. Oh, it's real. Though the world may argue, may argue that we cannot feel the heavy burdens lifted. And the vile sins go But I was there when it happened And I guess I ought to know Yeah, I know when Jesus saved me The very moment he forgave me He took away my heavy burden And he gave me peace within Satan can't make me doubt it Feeling I'm gonna shout it Yeah, I was there when it happened And I guess I ought to know Yeah, I know when Jesus saved me The very moment he forgave me He took away my heavy burden And he gave me peace within Satan can't make me doubt it Feeling I'm gonna shout it I was there when it happened And I guess I ought to know There are some people Say we cannot tell whether we are saved or whether all is well They say we can only hope and trust it so But I was there when it happened and I guess I ought to know 
Yeah, I know when Jesus saved me. Saved my soul. The very moment he forgave me. Made me whole. He took away my heavy burden. Took my and he sin. gave me peace within. And he gave me peace within. Satan can't make me doubt it. Can't make me doubt it. Feeling I'm gonna shout it. I'm gonna shout Cause it. Cause I was there when it happened. And I guess I ought to know. I ought to know. Yeah, I was there when it happened. And I guess I ought to know. I ought to know. Lord, give God the glory this morning. Okay, wake up out there. Praise the Lord this morning. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can be seated, guys. Just a few announcements this morning. It's good seeing everybody in God's house. The, as I said, we do have a few that are traveling today uh, to keep them in your prayers. Uh, the Smiths said that they knew this was two Sundays in a row and we'd be showing up uh, at their house. So make it happen. Make it happen. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Praise the Lord for each one of you. Just a couple announcements to this this morning. One of the things I want to point out, it was mentioned to me uh, last Sunday by a visitor. Uh, they, they asked me, so do y'all not pass a plate in this church? So let me explain something real quickly. We don't. We do not pass a plate in the church because I have. we have always felt as though tithing is called for in the Scriptures, and it is an act of obedience. We all should tithe. However, God, we should not tithe out of, out of feeling guilty or ashamed or out of, out of honoriness, if you will. God, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and God will meet the needs of those who need those needs met, such as this church. However, he expects his people to, to tithe and do so to him. So rather than shame someone into putting something in a plate, we do not pass a plate in this church. However, right here and in the back is our t- prayer and tithing columns. So that way it is between you and the Lord. If God's laid it on your heart, you drop your tithe in there, you drop your prayer requests in there, and that's between you and God, and you've done what God's called you to do, rather than you did it because somebody in the other row you thought might have been watching. That's not why we should tithe. So, so tithing is something that we should do out of obedience unto the Lord, as he's called us to do it. But I, we in this church have chosen to leave that between you and the Lord. Therefore, if you want to tithe, by all means. If you want to give over and above, you might want to say to the youth, or you might say, man, that pastor looks good. I'm going to give him another haircut. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I don't have enough to cut. It would be like a dime you would have to drop in there. Whatever it is that God lays on your heart, though, I want to make sure that you feel, uh, that you know that you have that opportunity to be be worshipful to him and in obedience to him, but we don't pass the plate. So it's between you and him, tithing column in the front right here and one in the back. Also, too, if you see your bulletin, you have this little tear-off thing. That is a great place for you to put your prayer requests. And you can drop that in there. Let me say this, though. If you do so and you didn't want, did not want it on the, on the uh, pray, uh, prayer list, you just wanted me or the elders to pray over it, make sure you write that. Because I will, if, you write, if you put a prayer request in there, and it doesn't say specifically for me alone or something of that nature, I will pray over it, but I'm going to hand it off to Lou or Sherry, and it's going to go on to the prayer list too. But that is your, your way of, of getting that on the prayer list. So that's what this is for. And also, too, if you're visiting, that gives me an opportunity how to get in touch with you if something was to happen. Or, you know, like right now, we have a person that she, they walked the aisle and everything was great, 
and I haven't seen her in the last five weeks since, and I don't have a way, I don't know where she is. I don't have a number, I don't know how to find that. So it would be good if you don't mind, you can put a phone number and your name, drop that in there, and that way I have a record too, so if something happens, I can uh, make sure everything's okay. But anyway, that's what the prayer and tithing columns are for back there. Let me also say happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, I keep, I've gotten quite a few comments on my pink tie. It's Valentine's Day. You know, it's, <laughs> I hope that was Zoe. <laughs> she got a big smile. Yeah, I see her. So um, praise the Lord for Valentine's Day there, guys. I hope that you uh, will treat your spouses, your Valentines to something today. That being said, in the 14 years that I've been here, I have never canceled evening church three Sundays in a row. I have not. However, since Valentine's Day fell on a Sunday, and it, there's quite a few people, the Smiths and others, who said they just could not be here, and, and you know they're going to do Valentine's things with their spouse. Praise the Lord. So we are going to, again, cancel the service this evening. Also, let me just throw this out there so that y'all aren't snickering in the back. It is my wife's birthday and Valentine's Day, too. Therefore, I was instructed that this was her birthday and her Valentine's Day as well. But in all seriousness, uh, all, all my kids are coming over to, for birthday stuff and Marina's birthdays today. and So we got a lot of stuff going on, too. So she's 18. That's 18 swats from everybody as you go out the door. Pardon? What? what? You fight back? Only for so long. (laughs) Amen. Okay, so no services this evening. The only other thing I want to make sure to point out is next Saturday, this one's on a serious note. Brother Juan uh, Rodriguez, our our Ruiz, yeah, Ruiz, sorry. Brother Juan is uh, our Spanish pastor, and he has got a, his wife has been going through a lot of medical issues, so therefore next Saturday they are having a benefit here at the fellowship hall to help gather monies to offset the costs of the medical bills. So if you could come and help support them, it's going to be, I think it starts at 10 o'clock Saturday, uh, selling plates. I want to encourage you to come on up and, and, and take part in that as well. To just And if you don't have any money, just come up and pray with Sylvia. Pray with them. Let them know that you have our prayers. Or maybe call them if you know Brother Juan and Sylvia, but let them know that she is looking to the Lord. Her, her, her spirit, even if the physical body is breaking down, her spirit knows where the God is, and her heart is right. But that says a family, uh, pray for our, our Spanish brothers and sisters as well and help support them come Saturday for the, for the uh, fundraising event. Okay, I think that's enough for me. Brother Bob, you're up. Amen. Hey, I know that Bible. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Father God, I do lift up my, my brother to you right now. I thank you, Lord, that uh, it's good whenever I see a man willing to be obedient and open the word and share it. But when I see the young men, this next generation coming up and willing and choosing to allow your word to flow from them, it does my heart well as I know it does yours. So, God, I just pray that you'll bless him. Uh, just, just let him feel your presence and just, just give him the strength to know that he's not speaking his words, he's speaking your words. And may you go forth from him. Just bless him and Kelly and his family. And, and God, I just praise you for him in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay. Here's a little survey for you. Uh -oh. It's a little interactive, so. Uh -oh. First, option one. Hey, Kelly, I love you. Here's option two. Hey, Kelly. I got you some flowers because I love you. <laughs> Is this a shameless plug? <laughs> Option D, that's where I was going. All of the, all of them, all of them. Because here's the thing, if y'all don't know, I'm not married yet, I am engaged, we're setting our date for when the wedding's going to be and everything right now, so um, I am not married, I am not speaking from experience on marriage, but... What I will speak from is experience on observation of marriage. And my observation is this. It's not always consistent. There are highs, there are lows, there are mediums in marriage. That's why love is such a commitment. It's why it's something you have to work towards every day, not just one day a year. So, with that in mind, you have each one of those responses would be appropriate in a different situation. And even option two, as goofy as it seems, kind of does have a place when used properly. So, with that in mind, um, we tend to focus on holidays and birthdays as ex not necessarily excuses, but reasons to tell somebody that we love them. And there is a time and place for that as well. But... Why is it only on holidays or birthdays? Why is it not the rest of the year as well? Um, do you want to, Momo, will you throw up First John for me? We're going to be looking at First John three sixteen through 18. And it says, this is how we have come to know love, that he laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has this world's goods, and sees his brother in need, but shuts off his compassion from him, how can God's love reside in him? Little children, we must not love in word or speech, but truth in deed. So, we're going to flip over to John thirteen thirty four real quick. And it says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. So, with these verses in mind, we see 
as well as other verses as well that show us that we are to love our spouse as Jesus loved the church. So, with that in mind, our spouse is an easy one. Our family is an easy one. But, my question is, why do we not apply this also as we're called to to love our enemy? That can be a hard one. People who just don't treat us right regardless of what we do, no matter how nice we are to them or how much we try to get along with them, they just can't do it with us. So why do we not apply this to them? Let's go a step further with that. Jesus calls us to love our enemy. Consider that Jesus knew when he died upon that cross for us that not only was he dying for those that would accept him, but for those that weren't going to accept him, for those that were going to completely shun him and spit in his face for what he did, both literally and figuratively. So, when we consider our love as a church for others, why is it so easy for us to apply it to our spouses and our family, but not to the community? And, even worse than loving our enemy, which we... It can be tough for us, but we still think about that. What we really don't consider a lot of the times is the nobodies. So what do I mean by the nobodies? The homeless, for example. We see them out all the time, but what do we really do about it? Do we do anything for them at all? And what do we do? Because if we pass money... Sure, they might get food with it. They might also get drugs. They might also commit crimes with it. But we don't know that. But if they're hungry, why do we not take them for food? I mean, that's... It's one of the things that I used to do when I was in the military all the time. And I will tell you, it was an amazing experience. I met some of the coolest people that way. And it was just some random guy that was like, Hey, I'm hungry. Do you have money for food? And I was like... I'm on my way to go get lunch now. Let's go eat. You know? It, it's cool. So we sat down, we ate, and we had a conversation, and it was awesome. One of the coolest guys I've ever met. So that's my question for us and my challenge for us as we consider Valentine's Day. Obviously, don't neglect your spouse. I'm not saying that at all. But do consider the people who aren't being considered on Valentine's Day. Consider those people every day of the year. Consider your spouse every day of the year, not just on Valentine's Day, not just on their birthday. My, ch- my challenge to us is to contemplate our love that we're showing others and to act on it more. If y'all will pray with me. Lord, we come before you today and we just we thank you for everything you bless us with, and we just ask you, Lord, to show us how we can use what we have to bless others. Uh, we just thank you for our families and our friends and our loved ones, and we just ask you to be with all of them, whether they're here or not. And uh, as this one comes to mind, but specifically, Lord, I just ask you to be with Cody right now. Um, you... You know the search situation there, and I don't know if it's one that's supposed to be advertised publicly, but I just ask you to be with him and just give him and his unit peace right now. In Jesus' name, amen.
wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Sweetly echo the gospel call, wonderful words of life. Offer pardon and peace to all, wonderful words of life. Jesus only Savior, sanctifies forever. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Lord. <clears throat> Listen. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Keeps you humble. All right. It's a good thing that we can smile in church. Amen. Have a little bit of fun. Like right now, we're having fun, aren't we? I'll say, I, I'll say, Satan doesn't want us to sing this, or what? <laughs> because it's so very true. Uh, we're having fun this morning. Praise right. the name of Jesus. I think we're all That's good. Right. We're all on, on three? All right. Okay. Sing this one out, guys, yeah. with all your heart. <laughs> Filled with His praises One day when sin was As black as could be Jesus came forth to Be born of a virgin Dwelt among men My example is He Word became flesh and the light shined among us, His glory revealed. Living in love, dying in saving, buried in caring, my sins far away. Rising in justified, freely forever. One day He's come. Oh, glorious day. Did you wait for that day? <laughs> and one day they led him up Calvary's mountain. And one day they nailed him to die on a tree. Suffering anguish. Despised and rejected, buried our sins, my Redeemer is He. Hands in nations, 
Set it down on a tree. He took the nails for me. Living in love, me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified. Stand beside you for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. And in your name we pray. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Give God the glory this morning. Amen. Thank you, guys. Praise the Lord. Guys meaning gals as well. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm 62. Psalm 62 this morning. A very short verse, but yet this is going to be the bedrock for our message this morning that the Lord's laid on my heart. Psalm 62, verse 1. If you're there, we're going to read that together. Psalm 62, 1 says this. I am at rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. I am at rest in God alone. We're going to be looking at several passages of Scripture this morning, but this is the the basis for what I feel as though the Lord laid on my heart today. I actually was thinking about spring break coming up and vacations and, and, and people that were going on vacations and just thinking about different things. And I was reading different things, and I came across a little bit of information. Now, this is this study that I came across was for teenagers, so I, I can't tell you about adult, you know, older adults or anything like that. However, if you think about teenagers... There's probably, there's not much that excites them more, I think, after raising quite a few, than getting to sleep in. Teenagers love to sleep in. And I guess some adults as well. But especially teenagers. When I discuss with students about their summer, the, the, the biggest thing that usually comes up, the highlight of the summer, wasn't going to Disneyland or wasn't this. The first thing I usually hear, well, I got to sleep in every day. You know, that, it's, it's direly important to them. Sleeping away and catching up on, 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 on all that's the, the sleep that's been missing. That's what they like to do when they go on vacation. Well, I come across this study, and it was very interesting to me. Because I, I, I truly think that at times there was a contest in my house to just see who could sleep the longest when, when it was summer. I'd, I'd be out working or come in from doing something ready for lunch and ask Sherry, where are the kids? Oh, they're asleep. What? You know, just, that's just what teenagers like to do, but... But I've kind of been put back in my place a little bit by this study. The study said that teenagers, when given eight hours of sleep in an evening, fall asleep in less than ten minutes for a nap come daytime. If they had eight hours of sleep within ten minutes, they'll fall asleep again. Teenagers who were allowed only six hours of sleep in, in the evening time fell asleep in less than two minutes if they were able to lay their head down during the day. Thus, teenagers that were getting eight hours of sleep during the night, they demonstrated a, a, a significant sleepiness in the daytime. They were tired. Teenagers that were allowed only the six hours of sleep in the evening demonstrated severe sleepiness. In fact, teenagers given only six hours of sleep in the evening, uh, were just. it said that they were just as sleepy and just as prone to having issues as someone who was, was with, uh, an untreated patient of narcolepsy. Now, if you don't know what narcolepsy is, narcolepsy is a, a disease that is characterized by severe sleepiness. This, it, it requires multiple naps, stimulants, all kinds of medications to treat it. Yet a teenager that only gets six hours of sleep a night, and you know, a lot of our teenagers are going through that right now when they have their phones or maybe they're working, things of this nature, but that level of sleepiness is associated with severe dysfunctions in the daytime. It's severe enough to include like falling asleep in class, boring activities, 
And the unfortunate thing that this study showed, they fall asleep even driving in the daytime. Why? They needed this sleep. The teenagers who got 10 hours of sleep in the evening time, they didn't, they didn't want to fall asleep during the day. 10 hours of sleep gave them the, the, the stamina physically to go throughout the day. Teenagers love to hang out during the summer. Why? Because they slept all night. They slept in. They got energy. They are able to go out and they are able to, to hang out with their friends because they got plenty of sleep. Now, I share all that for this reason. As I said, I, don't know, I didn't see any test results for the physical sleep in, in adults, older people and such as that. But what it did get my mind to thinking, if teenagers need that much sleep to be able to properly function in the daytime, physically, God got me thinking about, what about that idea of sleeping spiritually? You see, we sleep because our physical bodies need rest. But I think spiritually, the same is true. I think that can be applied spiritually as well. The great enemy of our relationships with God, I think, is an overworking busyness, that, that, that spending too much time on things that does not really matter. Now, I understand that our real enemy is Satan, but think about this for just a second. Satan cannot steal your salvation. If you drove Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you fully put yourself in his hands. Satan may not be able to take you, but if he can make you busy enough that you lose your relationship with Christ, he's nullified you, he's neutralized you. If he can make you so busy and so overworked and so taxed and so focused on things that does not really matter, then you're not being an effective instrument in the furthering of the kingdom of God. And Satan has done all that he can do. And he does that, like I said, one of his greatest weapons is just keeping us focused on things that are not of God. Keeping us focused, and it may not be bad things. They could be very noble causes. However, anything that becomes a hurdle or an obstacle with our relationship with Christ becomes a problem. God wants us, and I would go so far as to say requires us, to get that spiritual rest. I am confident that if we was to submit ourselves to, a, to an attitude of rest, we would enhance our walk with God. If we would take a break every once in a while, last Sunday morning, uh, Brother Stormy mentioned in, in passing in the Sunday school class that he thought that every Christian should have a sabbatical at time, that we need that time. And he's absolutely right. We need that time. We need to remember that, that the Lord has taken us somewhere. How are we getting there? How, where are we going? We answer those questions by stopping and listening. God, where are you? We need to take a rest in the journey and stop and say, Father, where are you at in this overall picture? We need to put on an attitude of silence mentally. Quit talking so much and bouncing off the walls and doing all these things. The psalmist in Psalms 131, he says, that I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned mother and a child. Like a weaned child, my soul is within me. In other words, I am to be quiet and contented in the Lord. I am to be quiet and contented and listen for God. There is a saying, I think it might have been an Aesop's. Well, it's not a fable, so maybe I, th I was thinking it was an Aesop. But there's a little poem, but it, but it says, Wise old owl sat in the oak. You may, have, may remember this from when you were a kid. Wise old owl sat in the oak. The more he saw the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. 
Why aren't we all like that wise old bird? You remember that poem when you were a kid? In other words, we talk and we move and we do so much, when in reality, we should sit down and listen. We should stop and open our ears and become that wise old bird, listening for the Heavenly Father to speak right into you, to us. It, 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 in, in Lamentations 3.26, it, it says that it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. We are to wait and listen. God, what would you have me to do? There is a time and a season for everything. We've read that in, in, in the Scriptures. We know Ecclesiastes says there's that time. But folks, I would submit to you that there is a time and a season for silence as well. A time and a season that we should just take a break, sit back, and listen for God. God wants us to remove the noise of our life and and create a place in which He can speak to us and where He can encourage us to to get rid of the this job site and that person and this, that one. Just take a break and, and be able to just fully focus. God, where are you? If we are constantly on the go, physically we wear out, right? I believe it's the same thing spiritually. If we are constantly, and like I said, I'm not saying it has to be bad things. It could be noble causes that you are are doing. You could be doing all kinds of great things. But if we're go, 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 and we don't slow down to listen for the Lord, we find ourselves getting into that position where the term now is burning out. Where are we going from here? We need to take time, have a a personal retreat, maybe at the lake. Take some worship music, a a Bible, a notepad, and just listen for God. It is difficult. Lord, I know how difficult it is. My schedule, I, I fully comprehend how hard it is to carve out time to do nothing but sit and listen. But I would submit to you this morning, just like we have to carve out the time to sleep for our physical bodies to recoup, If we do not carve out that time, eventually, that for spiritual things, if we do not carve out that time to hear for the Word of God uh, that's spoken directly to us, if we will not carve out that time and slow down and say, God, here I am, then just as your physical body will break down from no sleep, your spiritual body is going to break down from no sustenance of God. Jesus himself, if you think about it, Jesus himself secluded himself from distractions and noises of that day so that he could spend some effective, quality time with God the Father. He pulled himself back. It says even when he was feeding all those folks, he said, I'm going to go do these things. In Mark chapter 6, 31, it says because there were so many people that were coming and going, they didn't even have time to eat. What did he say to them? He said, all of you come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and have some rest. Mark 6.31, you can go back and see that. But Jesus said, come with me to this quiet place. You're so busy. You're chasing the food. You're trying to listen to me preach. That's a good thing. And you're doing this and you're doing that, but stop. Come with me to this quiet place so that you can have rest. We need to, if you look at the political system going on right now, you start looking at all the things that's that's transpiring socially in this nation. We need to stop right now and be a generation that is listening to God. We do not need to be a generation that fails to hear what God is saying. We need to quit just saying we know what this says and stop and let God tell us what it says. Individually, each one of us. God, what would you have me to do? Where would you have me to go with this? Ecclesiastes 3.1, there is a time for everything and that time for listening to the Word 
needs to be made known. When do we dream naturally? When we are asleep. When do we dream spiritually? I believe when we are resting in God. When we aren't trying to prepare for the next Sunday school lesson, when we're not trying to prepare for the next sermon, when we're not trying to prepare to counsel our neighbor, when we're, not, when we're trying not to do this, we rest and dream spiritually when we just put ourselves in the hands of God. There is a warfare that goes on in our minds, folks. I believe there is a battle in our mind to slow down and be quiet before God. I know I, I am very guilty. I, am, I told Stormy this morning that I'm preaching it myself just as much as everyone else. We get so busy, and then our mind says, you need to slow down, you need to stop, you need to just take some time away and and praise the Lord and just get on your knees before God. But unfortunately, I keep thinking like Martha, and I keep going out, and I keep getting busy, and I keep doing this, and I keep doing that. When Mary's laying there, taking and soaking in every word of God. Folks, I think that we need to quit running so much and give our minds back to God. I think vacations would give us that amount of time. Maybe a day, maybe two days, maybe a week. But we need to get away and just stop and be quiet before God. And in so doing, not only will we start listening a little better maybe, but I've noticed when we get that kind of refreshing from God, our worries tend to dissipate somewhat. You know what it says in in Proverbs 12, 25? Worry weights a person down while an encouraging word Picks the person up. When we are worrying, we are being pushed down into the mud. But if I stop and listen for the Lord and I hear that hope, hear that drive, hear that victory, hear Him say again, if I be for you, who can be against you? Hear Him say again that you can do all things. When I can stand and know and feel the security of Christ, those encouraging words are going to pick me up. I'm going to be able to stand firm again. Say, thank you, Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 don't, says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. How are we going to do that if we don't stop and take time to do it? Yeah, yay, praise the Lord. Even the little one knows. Hallelujah, out of the mouths of babes. We need to stop and take that time. He says it very clearly. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. God not only wants us to rest mentally, He wants us to rest spiritually and just sit back in His arms and let Him hold us and let Him rock us as He would a newborn child. You forget, I think we forget at times, you know, we get to an age, I'm 49, 50 years old, and some of you are older than that, and we start thinking, well, I'm old and this and that and the other. We, no matter if you're 150 out there right now, you are a child to the Eternal Father. And he still loves you as he loves every one of his eternal children. And he wants to cuddle you. I love it when when the babies come over to the grandbabies, come over to the house. And little Jakey gets up early for whatever reason. And little Jakey will come in there. In fact, last time it kind of spooked me because he put his hand right on my nose when I'm asleep. But when I jump and say, okay, what are you doing? Can I cuddle with you? Absolutely. You know, and he gets and cuddles in the bed with me, as he calls it. I believe that God wants to cuddle with us. That may not be a, a, not a proper religious term to say to God. However, He does want to hold us. He wants to hold us. We are His children, and we need to take that time. If we're always so busy, we don't call on Him. If we're always so busy, we don't allow Him to cuddle us or to hold us. Who's sacrificing more there? Us. 
we are missing out on the blessings that our Heavenly Father wants to give us. Now, now you may say, well, that's easy for God to say. God says, don't worry about anything there in Philippians. (laughs) That's God. Of course, he's not going to worry about anything. But that's what we need to do. If we truly put our faith in God, to rest in God means to just fall back and know that he is sovereign. Fall back and know that he is in control. When we get into that, that attitude of worry, it destroys us. But if we will take on an attitude of faith, take on an attitude of, of resting in that faith, you know what happens? Those worries tend to go away. Those worries tend to dissipate. We start thinking, God, what are you going to do for me today? I love Sherry's brother, the one who who a lot of people wrote off. He was an alcoholic for most of his life, and his physical body is 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 destroyed from all those years of of alcoholism and drug use. He's been sober for quite a while now, but his physical body is just in bad shape, shakes and just. But here he comes, and and, and a lot of people don't listen about Billy, but you know what he says? He he likes to say all the time, "Why worry? Why worry if you have faith in God, or why have faith in God if you're going to worry?" Hallelujah. Why worry if your faith's in God, and why have faith in God if you're going to worry? There's a, when I heard him say that, that, that's profound. It's like you're absolutely right. That is so true. Now, I try not to let worry control my life, but it does show up at times. And I think all of us, if we were honest, would say that we worry at points. And that's why we need to stop and go back and let that rest. Come back. What did it say there? That the very simple verse. I am at rest in God alone. Why? Because my salvation comes from Him. If I know my salvation comes from God and I have the capability to carve out some time and sit with my God, then I don't have to worry. I can say, thank you, Jesus. I also know that in Peter, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, He looks out and Peter says, but if you suffer for doing what is right, your God in heaven knows and will reward you for it. So do not be afraid and do not worry. Even if the enemy is coming against me, I don't have to worry. If my heart is where it's supposed to be with Christ, because God knows my battles. God knows what's going on. How do I put myself in that position? By taking the time to build my relationship with Him. Not allowing it to get lengthened. Not allowing it to, I mean, to, to, to get more hurdles put between He and I. But on a daily basis going to Him and then carving out a day, two days, three days, a time, a sabbatical as my brother called it last week. And just sit at the feet of the Savior and say, God, here I am. Jesus had a lot to say. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Matthew. Matthew 6. Listen to what he says in Matthew 6. I think it would do us well to examine this. A wise man would take in what he says here. But in Matthew 6, verse 25, this is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and a body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, 
which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You of little faith. So don't worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided unto you. When we take some time away and still listen for that still small voice, what are we doing? We are seeking the kingdom of God. When I am seeking the kingdom of God, when I carve out that time to quietly just get away and listen for the Lord, I am seeking his face. And when I am doing that, what does it say there? All these things shall be brought down onto me. We are to rest in the Lord. We are to put our hearts and our lives and everything in that time. Rest in the confidence that he has in us. Rest in his ability to dictate our steps and the way we are to go. Rest in the ability that he has to, to, to see our hearts fulfilling, the accomplishment, to accomplish the things that he's laid on our hearts to do. Folks, we are only going to do that if we hear it from him. We are only going to have the Spirit of God capable to move within us if we allow it to do so. If I continually stay so busy that I don't hear from God, if I stay so busy that that He is talking and I've drowned Him out, then how am I going to know where I'm supposed to be? Where I'm supposed to go? If you remember in 1 Kings, the, the end of the story, if you will, it says, after the earthquake there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, was he? After the earthquake, there was this fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire came that still, small, gentle whisper. After the fire, Jesus, God, spoke. He wasn't in all the earth shaking. He wasn't in all this mighty stuff going around. He was right there in that still, small voice that Elijah had to stop and listen for. Folks, I think we need to stop and listen. In his book, Fuzzy Memories, Jack Hendy writes that when he was in school, he would go to school every day and and there was this bully. And this bully would beat him up unless he gave him his lunch money. So he went day in, day out, giving him his lunch money. Well, then one day, he said, you know, I'm going to fight back. So he goes home that day, and he goes down the road, and he goes to this karate class, and he says, all right, I'm going to learn karate. And the karate teacher says, man, that is great. It'll cost you $5 a day to learn. He says, so I just went back to paying the bully. It was cheaper. (laughs) I think so many times, guys, too many people feel it's easier to, to, to pay the bully than to learn how to defeat him. Too many times we, we continually get out there and, and, and just give in to that fast-paced living. Too many times we get out there and, and we don't want to fight the bully of bus- busyness. We just get involved and just keep on going. And I would tell you this morning that it may seem cheaper to just continue to keep being busy, but God says he wants us to fight. God says stop. Be still. We all know the Psalms. Be still and know that I am God. 
In this society today, in this American culture, the capitalist system, whatever term you want to throw out there, we have been bred in our minds that we have to go, 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 go. But I would tell you this morning, I would submit to you that Jesus says, stop. If Jesus stopped and went up on the mountainsides, there's people to feed, there was all this stuff going on, but yet he would stop and bring himself away. Why? So he could get on his knees and pray. The Lord wants us to stop and be still before him, to stop in front of him. Do not be afraid, guys, of, of, of slowing down and getting to a place to hear God. That's what he's called us to do. He's called us to step out and, and, and move forward. He's called us to take that time and carve it out and look to him and say, Father, here I am. We need to be still and listen for that still small voice. Some of us may need to take a day. Some of us may need to take a couple of days. Some of us may need a week. But we need to carve out that time. And let the world say, oh, vacations, you know, why would you do that? A real man's going to work. A real man's going to do this. Or for pastors, you only work on Sunday anyway. We need to stop. We need to carve out that time and put our knees down on the ground and say, Father, here I am. Trying to solve our situations on our own human effort is nothing more than humanism. There's been plenty of people that's tried to solve the world's problems on their own and end up committing suicide or falling into depression. There's many people that have tried to take on the world by themselves. They may wear a cross and say they know the Lord. They may even really know Him. But they forgot to ask Him what they were supposed to do. They lost that still small voice back in the, in the hustle and the bustle and the noise. God has called us to stop and listen. If it was good enough for Jesus, then it should be for us. If Christ Himself felt as though He needed to go and pull Himself away from the people, they were, they, He was feeding them, He was preaching to them, there was all this going on, but yet He says, I'm going to go up here on the mountain and I'm going to pray. He'd send His disciples across the lake, aren't you going to, the sea, aren't you going to come with us? I'm going to go be with the Father for a while. If Jesus understood that He is to take time, to take some days, to take this opportunity to call out to his heavenly Father to be effective. If Jesus understood that he needed effective time with the Father, then we shouldn't understand that as well. Not just praying over our meals, not just going to church on Sunday. We need to take time in our lives and just sit down and shut out the noise and say, God, where are you? Now you cannot have that ability if you haven't placed your trust and your hope in him. That's first and foremost. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are missing out on the only one that can bring you true peace, that can give you hope of where your eternity lies. This world is faltering. This world has all kinds of ups and downs and hurts and brokenness in it. The only way you can have hope to get through these trials, through these things... It's to put your hope in the one that will never disappear. Jesus said, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Anyone who professes to know me and believes I am the Son of God and I was resurrected from the dead, so shall he be saved. 
anyone who speaks with his heart, whomsoever believeth in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first thing you need to get done. That's where the peace will come from. That's where restoration will come from. That's where your spiritual body will glean rest from. Now, if you've already done that this morning, then the question for you today is how long has it been since you put yourself in a place, since you carved out that time where you could truly, I mean, phones off, electronics off, away from the kids if need be, away from, from work. You know, no matter how much you think they need you at work, most of the time, if the Lord was to call you home, that business is still going to continue. Someone's going to step into that place. I'm not trying to be demeaning of whatever it is you do. What I'm saying is that one day our soul's going to be required of us. So what you need to do now is ask yourself, where am I in this time? Have I truly carved out time where I could still listen for that still, small voice of God? Have you taken that vacation? Have you pulled yourself away for a day? Have you turned that TV off? Where are you standing in God's presence? Let me tell you, the Bible says his voice wasn't in the earthquake. It wasn't in the fire. It was in that voice when when he looked up and listened with his heart. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, that's the first thing you need to get right. If you do know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, maybe it's time to cut out some of the busyness and get back on your knees in the quietness of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that we are to go all become Benedictine nuts monks and hide ourselves up on a mountain for the rest of our life. That's not accomplishing his purpose either. However, I would say that we need to get on our knees and say, Father, forgive me. Tell me when and where you want me to be so I can still hear that still small voice that will encourage me, indwell me, and fill me spiritually so I can go back out and fight that battle. Some of you in here this morning, you may be spiritually burned out. You may just think, you know, I just can't do anymore. Maybe you're just, you're just physically. You know, our, our new study we started this morning is on hope. Charles Stanley's book on hope. Some of us get so busy and get so caught up and so tied up that we lose hope and we find ourselves calling ourselves Christians but in a depressed state so badly that we can't even hear the Word of God anymore. Let me tell you this morning, if that is you, my God's still real. In the midst of whatever your circumstance is, He still loves you and He still wants to help you. And though it may feel odd, it may feel like you're just giving up, it may feel like all kinds of things that Satan will say and whisper in your ear, What God wants you to do is fall back into His hands. Be quiet and listen. Is He speaking to you today? Again, if you don't know Jesus, 
all you have to do is truly, I say all, this is big actually, you have to truly surrender your heart. Not just say a cute prayer. The prayer doesn't save you. God knows your heart. But you tell him your heart's desire that I know that I am a sinner in need of your grace. For the wages of sin is death. But through your blood, the remissions of sin can be had. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. You give your heart to Christ this morning and he will move in there. I don't care what your past has been like. If you've already done that and you know Christ is your Lord and Savior this morning, ask yourself, when was the last time I carved out that time? A day, two days, three days, a week, just to get away from it all. To have fun with my kids and look up to you, Lord. Just to sit and maybe, maybe he's telling you just go sit in the forest and listen to the birds. But when was the last time you got away from the busyness of this world and back to the stillness and the quietness of the Word of God? Whatever God mentions to your heart with that, don't leave it here. Act upon it. Oh, Brother Frank, you don't know how hard it is to carve out that kind of time. Yes, I do. But it's not about what I know, it's what He knows. And if God's saying do it, He'll give you the wherewithal to make it happen. Will you listen to him today? So I'll stand and lead us in a word of prayer. This altar is open. Let me let me grab that psalm one more time here. I am at rest, not when I'm at work. I am at rest, not when I'm battling all the school stuff. I am at rest, not when I'm trying to counsel everyone else. I am at rest in God alone. Why? Because my salvation comes from Him. Not from my works. Not from my church. Not from my spouse, as much as I love Sherry so. Not even from my kids, whom everyone knows I would die for. My salvation comes from God alone. So in Him, I can rest. Father God, I come before you this morning and just ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you will just touch the hearts of your people that are here today. And if there are those here today that you have called out to to go out for a day or two, that you've told them that this is the moment they need to listen for that still, small voice, will you make it so apparent to them that they won't just brush it aside, but they'll do what you've called them to do. And God, if there's anyone here today that does not know you, anyone here today that's never surrendered their heart into your hands, if there's anyone here today, Lord, that is still lost and headed down that pathway that leads from you rather than to you, may you speak to them through a child, through a person by them, Maybe you directly to their heart, but may they make that decision before it's too late. God, we give you this time, this time of invitation, and may thy will be done. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. As we sing this morning, you know if God's speaking to you. Will you step out? Will you commit to him? God, you're right. I'm going to set up that vacation. I'm going to carve out that weekend. I'm going to fill in the blank whatever it is God's telling you to do.
as we sing. Amen.